You're listening to the Exhibitionist Podcast, hosted by Nicola Reeder. This podcast is brought to you by InspiringExhibitors.com and Pro Extra, a wholly owned division of 12th Man Solutions Limited. Welcome to episode 40 of the Exhibitionist Podcast. I'm your host, Nicola Reader, and it is fantastic to be back on air and have you joining us today. So how are you? How are things going? We're kind of just over halfway through our second lockdown period here in the UK, but wherever you are in the world, I hope you continue to navigate this crazy year as comfortably as you possibly can. So just picking up on something that I got asked by a couple of people following on from last week's show when I mentioned that I trained to be a celebrant over the lockdown period over the summer. And a few people have said to me, gosh, I didn't realize you were that religious and I'm not. So just to clarify for anybody who's thinking that I might have found God in some way, um, an independent celebrant um, is that, is independent. It doesn't have a particularly strong affiliation to any religion, um, but we can include a little bit of religion in our services if we need to. Um, So yeah, weddings, funerals, baby namings, as I mentioned, if you are interested in any of those ceremonies and even more so doing them at exhibitions, then uh, check out www.rebelheart.co.uk and uh, Rebel Heart Ceremonies. You can find out a little bit more about that business. So just wanted to clarify that one after I got a few messages saying, wow, didn't realize you were quite so religious. So um, so the other thing I wanted to touch on today before we get into our conversation with Nikki West at Montgomery is the fantastic news that we had through last week um, from the three event organisations about the pilot scheme that they ran in September. Um, so this was an, uh, something called All Secure, and which culminated in the All Secure Expo. So the Association of Event Organisers, Association of Event Venues and, the, um, and ESSA had all worked together over the summer to try and look at how would exhibitions open safely in the UK and to come up with a series of protocols and guidance and risk mitigation that would help us all feel safe and, more importantly, demonstrate to the government and to the authorities that we could run events safely again in the UK. So the work that they've been doing and put together um, then culminated in the All Secure Expo, which happened in September at the Business Design Centre in Islington, where 300 event professionals from around the UK came together to an exhibition and a lot of new guidance was put in place. So a lot of things around comms, so talking to people before the event about Um, where they'd been previously, had they been in any high-risk areas, not to attend the event if they were showing any symptoms, how to make their travel there as safe as possible. And then working through protect and detect, so at the venue itself, having the track and trace system in place, making sure they had details for everybody, lots of deep cleaning, lots of wiping down of areas, good space and social distancing, one-way systems, face coverings, hand sanitizer. So lots and lots of measures were put in place to try and make the event as safe as possible. And actually, all of those measures aren't anything different from what we've all become used to dealing with over the last few weeks and months. So not only is it safe, actually, it just feels almost like normal for us. It's very familiar and nobody's going to feel awkward or strange doing any of those things because we are now so used to them. So that trial ran back in September Um, And the great news last week is that Public Health England have now signed off that they recognise that the industry is competent to put on safe and controlled business events, which is fantastic. It's what we've known all along. Anybody working in the events industry, particularly in those operations teams, 
are brilliant at mitigating risk. It's what they do day in, day out, and have done for decades. And this is no different. But we had to go through a process as an industry where we can demonstrate to the government that actually that's the case. And absolutely fantastic work by those three agencies there in pulling that together. It's just a brilliant way to demonstrate how we know we can have the confidence to pull off events and get everybody back on the show floor. So if you want to read any more about that trial and about um, how it's come about and, and the successes from that, if you visit um, Exhibition News or any of their trade publications, they're all covering it or, or any of the associations themselves. I think from our perspective, what's so brilliant is about this is we work mainly with exhibitors and they're very nervous and asking us, what does it mean in terms of their stand and their literature and their freebies and how many people they can have on the stand and how many people are going to get to a show and all those kind of controls and trying to think about what their, their planning should look like for 2021. And we didn't really have an answer. Now we're starting to get some agreed upon and consistent guidelines that they will start to see at exhibitions and therefore exhibitors can start to plan more proactively knowing what they're likely to come across in 2021. So a massive step forward and huge thanks from us to everybody who has worked on that, that project. It's just fantastic. So I will now hand over to our conversation this week, which is with Nikki West, who is the MD of the Design and Build Division at Montgomery. Many of you who know Nikki will know how positive she is about the industry and how excited she is about getting back to the show floor in 2021. So over to Nikki. So on this week's episode of the Exhibitionist podcast, we are delighted to have with us uh, Nikki West, who is the MD of the Design and Build Division of the Montgomery Group. So welcome to the show, Nikki. Thanks, Nicola. And tell us, whereabouts in the world are you today and how's the weather looking? I'm in Walton-on-Thames, where I live, and the weather is looking absolutely beautiful, sunny. So, Nikki, before we get into talking about how things have been for you over the last few months, just give us... Um, a quick background on your experience in the events industry and the current role, what that involves for you. Okay, well, I get, I'm very old, so I go back a long, <laughs> long way. Um, I started um, in exhibitions on an interior design show, and I was a sales rep, basically. So my most of my career was very sales orientated. Um, I then had a period of time where I moved into operations which I absolutely loved. Um, and I then met, sort of after my children had grown up, I met um, Matthew Glover and Paul Godwin, who were launching um, an exhibition in the glass and glazing industry. And I joined them um, freelancing, basically doing the operations for what became Fit Show in Telford. Um, I was with the show, I've been with the show ever since. We launched in 2013. Um, so I started working with them in 2011. And then at some point I was promoted to event director. Um, so took the show through um, a couple of editions in Telford, which were amazing. And then we moved the show to the NEC for the 2017 edition. Um, and then Montgomery Group bought the show. Um, I actually um, used to work at Montgomery about 100 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> they basically purchased a show from um, Robert Maxwell that I was working on. So I, I was at Montgomery years ago, and I'm back there now. 
so that's in a sort of snapshot and um yeah it's great it's really interesting to be back after a long long time and having been out of the exhibition industry for a while bringing up my children it was um yeah it's really interesting to see the changes in a company over such a long period of time yeah absolutely and um, as we often find in this industry things kind of move around but back to the same place there's lots of kind of people who've been around and done different things for different companies but kind of end up back at their first employer yeah absolutely and I think I mean some people would say it's a bit groundhog day but in, in actual fact Montgomery group has changed so much in that period of time it is really like working in a different business so yeah it's been really exciting and also the transition between going from freelance which I was for quite a long time um, to an employee has been an interesting transition and one made quite comfortable really by Montgomery. I've, I've really enjoyed it and um, yeah I've nestled back into the family, the Montgomery family. So good to hear and I think the thing that I'm always quite inspired by when I talk to yourself is um, that as a, a female in what could be considered you know design and build the shows that you work on Windows Doors and Conservatories, W Exhibition which is around the kind of joinery and furniture industry could be considered more male-dominated um, environments to work in, but you just take that on and, and do a fantastic job. So that's always really impressed me to have a really strong female. Although you know, I, I don't want to get into the kind of female versus male gender <laughs> debate, but it is great just to see in, in that environment a you know a really strong woman thrive. So yeah, thank you. I think you know, I think uh, women in exhibitions, the, the the new group that's been founded. I mean there are a serious amount of really strong women in, in this industry now. And I think it, sometimes it goes unrecognised, you know, you don't, yeah. it sort of it happens by osmosis. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really, I don't think I've spent much time thinking about my gender, really. I've just, I've just done a job and, I, and I'm in an industry that I absolutely love. So and funnily enough, I've landed in a sect in a couple of sectors which I would have never thought would have inspired me. You know, windows, doors, and conservatories, and woodworking machinery. But I really feel part of those sectors too, not just the exhibition industry. So yeah, I, I love brilliant. it. It's brilliant here. So thinking about those sectors, the windows, doors, and conservatories with Fit Show and um, woodworking machinery for the W exhibition. How have you found the lockdown period? What's been happening between we went into lockdown and now? What's been happening in your world? Well, it's um, a tale of two sides, really, because fit industry being pr primarily really in the home improvement sector. I mean, obviously, we, the lights went out to a large degree at the beginning of lockdown, which came, I mean, presented huge challenges and came as fundamentally a massive shock really to everybody but being in the home improvement sector we've all been spending a lot more time in our homes and we've had to change the use of those homes a lot in a lot of cases to make you know comfortable office accommodation and staring out of badly fitted windows for instance has become more poignant so really since May um when the lights did go back on in the fenestration industry, they've seen a real V-shaped recovery. They've been busier probably than ever before. So really our, our role has been managing 
the transition period between the lights going out and the lights going back on. And, you know, we were really careful about how we managed our communications. We took out all the sales messaging. We were very much uh, empathizing and sympathizing with our sector. We became, we, we, we tried to become through all the channels and it, especially the website, we tried to become really a voice of the industry so that we were a bit of a community hub. So we weren't just focusing our efforts on exhibitors, we were focusing our efforts on our sector and really trying to sort of share information, share some positivity, some empathy, really to help guide those people through. So that, you know, that was really our tack on that. Um, on W, it was a slightly different scenario because we had a September dateline, a 2020 dateline for W exhibition. And in April, I took the very difficult decision to look at moving that show, postponing it to 2021. Um, we very much did that with the market, with the industry and the sector, with all our exhibitors. You know, we, we spent a lot of time talking to them about what would work best for them. I mean, moving a show in lockdown or out of lockdown is, is very challenging logistically. So, yeah, that, it was a, a tale of two parts, really, lockdown. Yeah. Um, but subsequently, you know, we've managed to move W with the full support of the industry, which is fantastic. So that's now happening in September 21. And Fit Show, we've just experienced what could only be described as a boom, really. You know, throughout the summer, when we switched the conversation up in June um, to start talking to people about looking forward and treating Fitch Show almost like a beacon of hope, we've seen more exhibitor bookings than ever before. It's been absolutely brilliant. It's fantastic to hear there's that positivity from exhibitors about you know looking forward to Fitch Show, looking forward to May. What is it you're hearing from those exhibitors about getting back to the floor what are they looking forward to well basically they're looking forward like the rest of us to human interaction and I think that's the positive the positivity I mean we're very fortunate with fit in that we don't really have a major UK competitor um so it really is the networking opportunity it's seen as bringing the whole industry together you know across three days so there's an, a huge amount of excitement I think also a lot of our exhibitors, having been starved of exhibitions for quite some time, um, a lot of them have invested um, time and money into innovation. So, you know, they're going to be launching new products as in response to the fact that A, we haven't had trade shows and B, because the consumer demand is there now. So, yeah, it's, um, it's positive times for Fit Show. And in terms of, um, we've heard so much over the last few months about events going virtual and putting something online and all this content that's out there. But what are you hearing from exhibitors about why exhibitions are so important? We, where you know, you know, we're little exhibition geeks and we think they're absolutely fundamental to the whole marketing mix. But what are you hearing from exhibitors about why they think exhibitions are important? Well, it really is the only opportunity. 
um, or rather it's the most cost-effective opportunity to reach large numbers of people and be able to not only meet and greet, but also to demonstrate your product. So it's a, you know, it's engaging all the senses. It's the only opportunity, the only marketing um, channel that offers that opportunity. So that, you know, we're we're a very innovative sector with FitShow. And to buy something like um, a, a new conservatory, or if you're an installer looking for new products to inspire homeowners, you need to see, feel, smell it, and and meet the people. You need to also, I think, present your your company in terms of your standards, your commitment to customer service, and that the only way to do that is in person. So again, you know, I, I think it really is about not only just networking opportunity, it really is the opportunity to present your brand face to face. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you perhaps mention to people it's windows, doors and conservatives, they might think, well, actually, how exciting is a trade show for that? And I've been at it and I know it's when you get up close and personal, you start seeing things like new smart technology of how doors are going to work and new colours on window designs and new locks that keep you even safer and what they can do with just huge panes of glass. It is just a fantastically exciting um, trade show and spectacle that you, you can't convey via a screen. You can't do it virtually. So I know for me, the exciting thing, the thing I'm looking forward to is getting back to seeing and touching and trying and sampling all those different things and I think you know I, I think I was saying to you earlier I, th- I think the the temptation of organizers has been to pivot to digital but in a way it's cannibalizing yourself because face-to-face is what works we know it works we know it's the most powerful tool and you know as you say fit show is a fantastic example of it because as you say you know windows doors and conservatories on the face of it you'd think oh how boring but it's one of the most impressive shows i've ever worked on in terms of the design stand design the effort these companies go to to present their products is unbelievable yeah it it is a really really impressive show um and i think I think for, for me, it is that opportunity to um, network and build a relationship that if you're watching a load of virtual trade shows, it's kind of just like watching TV. And how quickly do you forget a TV program that you've watched? But you don't forget being there, shaking hands with somebody when we're allowed, having a conversation with them, seeing their face as they react. It's all those things that we miss about the trade show, show, trade show floor. So what is it that you're personally looking forward to most when you when the doors open in May for Fit Show and you're thinking, yeah, we've waited a long time for this. What's the one thing that you're really going to be looking forward to more than anything? Seeing people, <laughs> being with people. You know, it's like I really miss because I, I spend a lot of time out on the road still now, you know, with my customers. And I really miss going and talking to my exhibitors and I, so I can't wait to see everybody under one roof um, and feel the buzz of the show. And no doubt have a glass of wine with them as well and celebrate getting through one the... Or two. One or <laughs> yeah, two. One or two. <laughs> <laughs> so we mentioned you're responsible for the Fit Show and the W Exhibition. So Fit Show's coming up in May 21. Uh, w Exhibition's moved to September 21. So exhibitors have got between eight and 12 months really now before those shows to start getting things ready. How do you think exhibitors can spend their time 
most effectively between now and the show opening to make sure that they're ready and get the most out of your events? That's a really great, great question. Um, and it's funnily enough an area that I spend a lot of, of investment in terms of time and money because I'm a great believer that you start benefiting from being part of an exhibition from the minute you sign a contract to be there. And that should be the case. You've got to extend the life of that show so that our exhibitors start benefiting from that minute that they sign up. So what we try and do um, through education, I mean, we hold our exhibitors' hands throughout the whole process, basically. And we try to get them to um, operate with some joined up thinking in terms of making the focus the three days of fit show or the, the four or five days of W, but we start getting them to market their presence and direct everything they do across all the channels into the physical presence of the show. And we find that doing that, it inspires so much excitement, but also they, they do, they start getting sales inquiries because they're part of the fit family or the w family and we find that you know in the lead up to fit show as an example our logo is red um whenever you flick through an industry magazine or you're on instagram or twitter all you see is red the whole world turns red because everybody is focusing everything they do into communicating the importance of those three days at the nec so, yeah, I, I think extending the shelf life of shows and really maximising the return on investment is your duty as an organiser. And there are so many clever ways you can do that now with technology. You can use all the virtual platforms to really build up, build a picture. Yeah, I think it's um, more and more um it'll be important to re-engage with communities, which I think the Fit Show's done brilliantly over the course of the summer with the content you have been putting out, which is about engaging that community, not necessarily just a sales message. And there are so many chances for exhibitors to get involved in the marketing and PR that you do, um, that they can start right now re-establishing those connections and building networks and building relationships with people they want to see at the show way before Absolutely. the doors. Absolutely. I also think that with Fit Show, uh, uh, we're using that as an example, but it carries the, the same messaging carries throughout all the brands, is that basically to be part of Fit Show, it's almost like, um, you know, a, a sense and credit check or um, it's a check on who they are as a business. So it, it's allowing them to use the Fit Show platform to give the industry confidence that they're at here, and to communicate messaging around what their their ambitions are, what their missions are, and it's it's very useful. And we we do everything we can to make sure that they join that train, they get on board. And that's the frustrating thing that we find with a lot of clients that we work with with exhibitors, where um, all of those opportunities are put in front of them by organisers, and yet they still just don't take them and then at the end of it say oh yeah we didn't have a very good show we didn't really meet anybody and when you start to then dig a little bit deeper and say well did you engage in the marketing platforms did you get involved in the PR did you get involved in all of those different communications oh, well no we didn't really think about that and 
that's time wasted then that's gone it, it doesn't just happen on so there are, yeah I, I agree with you and but there are a lot of methods you can use to make sure that they it, it's all really about making them see you as a show as part of their industry so rather than just being an add-on to the industry or a profit-making machine, which is often how exhibitions are viewed, you've got to be seen to be serving the sector and you've got to be seen to be part of it. So, you know, we do loads with, you know, we do exhibitor days, we do presentations one-on-one, we do an awful lot. Um, We also layer our our contacts. So we're not just talking to the decision maker within that business to get a signature on the contract. We're talking to their marketing teams, their PR teams, their event management teams. We're talking at every single layer within the business to really generate the enthusiasm and commitment for the show. Because what, you know, presented with the opportunity, what company is not going to want to to start benefiting from what is considerable investment in most cases. And I think that it's down to how you engage with your customers, ultimately. Yeah, and that, definitely that multi, multi-layered multi approach, I think, makes a huge difference to, yeah, it um, does. to what exhibitors get out of it. So we know the world changed in 2020. We know what's gone on in the last six to nine months. Um, exhibitions are going to look slightly different. I think when doors open again, there'll be things that we will just have changed because they have to. So what do you think exhibitors will need to do differently or change about exhibitions in 2021 based on what we've all gone through this year? That is a really difficult question because none of us know. I mean, if you'd said to me in February, we're going to go into lockdown. I mean, we, we were watching... I was, I've worked in China on exhibitions and I was watching Shanghai in lockdown thinking, well, that would never, ever happen in the UK. So, you know, and then masks were compulsory, then they weren't, then they were, you know, there's so many different rules and regulations. I mean, ultimately, behind the scenes, all organisers are planning events in any climate, whether it be you know, when we were at the height of terrorist risk or or indeed now with COVID, all organisers are adapting their risk assessments and their plans to present safe shows, not just for the exhibitors, the visitors, for their teams, everybody. And I wouldn't I wouldn't want to present you now with the what, what we're going to be doing in May 21 to keep everybody safe because I don't know what we're going to need to do. All I can say is that, you know, we've got a fantastic ops team at Montgomery who are working on events throughout the world and they're working on events, you know, at the early part of 21 and they are writing risk assessments which will be changing daily. I think by May we're going to be in a very different world to the one we are today. Um, it may be a different world to the world we were in May, in May of 2019, but who knows? And I, I just really think that we need to not prepare for the worst as such, but I think we need to look forward with positivity that the world will go back to some form of normality. So I'm really not focusing on whether people are going to be wearing masks or having their temperature taken or whether we're going to have to operate under social distancing. 
because I don't know the answer. Yeah, and I think there's a really, there's two really crucial points that come out of that for me, which is exhibition organisers have been doing this for years and exactly as you said, have kept people safe and the amount of risk management that exhibitors will never even know about that goes into putting on an exhibition is phenomenal to keep people safe. And that will just continue. So whatever the regulations are, whatever's thrown at you guys over the next few months, there'll be a plan in place to make sure that that, that environment is as safe as it possibly can be. And I think that's the bit that everybody just has to take confidence from, that no event organiser is going to do anything to risk the safety of the people who are at the heart of their industry. So people should just be reassured by that. I mean, there, there are all sorts of um, crisis management plans in place before every single show. And, you know, a lot of work, as you say, a lot of work goes on behind the scenes. And, and again, as you say, no organiser is going to run a show, open a show that is not safe. And whatever that takes will happen to ensure that it doesn't affect the return on investment from the exhibitors and visitors, all the stakeholders, but we will do it safely. Yeah, and I think that, that point being a given... The next thing for exhibitors to think about then is just focus on what you would have focused on anyway, which is set some smart objectives, know who you want to talk to, know what your proposition is, contact the right people to build up some relationships before the show, and then deliver your show brilliantly and follow up with the people you've met. None of that changes. And we're hearing so much about, oh my gosh, I'm an exhibitor, I need to change absolutely everything. And it's kind of like, I'm not sure you do actually just go back to the basics of what's good practice for any exhibition. You're absolutely right. And that is the whole focus for exhibitors, whatever the risks at that particular time, you know, the risks of weather or viruses or terrorist attacks or or Brexit or, you know, yeah. all of the risks. Exactly right. The planning and the, the orchestration of that does not change. You need to be making every penny of what you've invested into exhibitions count in the knowledge that your organiser is going to be looking after everything else. That is such a good point. I think that's a, kind of coming to the close of the conversation now, but it's such a great point that the exhibition will happen safely. As an exhibitor, just focus on doing what you should have been doing anyway, and you'll still have a great show. So absolutely. Well, it has been brilliant talking to you today. I um, can't wait personally to get back onto the show floor again um, as soon as we possibly can. But tell us what's got you through lockdown um, this summer and any good new habits that you'll be keeping up? No, I've probably developed a few bad ones, actually. But <laughs> one, I, I think what I've benefited most, because I obviously I work from home most of the time anyway, and what I've benefited from is the addition of technology such as Zoom and Microsoft Teams. I'm doing loads of face-to-face. But what what I've really enjoyed is spending such a lot of uninterrupted time with my two girls, so my family, really. Um, But I'm not um, exercising. I'm continuing to support the wine industry. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so no new habits that you would want to hear about, really. Well, it's good to see you looking so fit and well at the uh, at the end of the lockdown and raring to go for what's going to be a packed 2021 for you by the sound of it. So 
if people want to get hold of you, I guess they can visit the Pit Show website or W Exhibition um, websites or via LinkedIn. Would, be, would that be the best ways? Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. And I'm looking forward to seeing you and Steve and working with you towards um, all the learning content of the shows, which is another important element, particularly with FIT. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it'd be great to um, to get some good speakers on the stage. So. Thank you so much for your time today. It has been fantastic talking to you. Good luck for everything over the next few months and we will see you very soon. Thank you, Nicola. Yes, thank you. So our thanks to Nikki there. I know we cannot wait to get back on the show floor in May for the Fit Show. Um, meeting exhibitors and visitors, bringing the whole industry and community together. It, uh, it's going to be fantastic and we certainly can't wait to be there. So coming up in next week's edition, yes, next week, that is right, we are now going out weekly rather than fortnightly, but next week we have Andrew Evans, who is MD of Thorough Events, and Andrew actually managed to deliver an exhibition or an event over the summertime, albeit outside, and he's going to be talking to us about the challenges that he had to go through and his own bloody-mindedness in just thinking, I can make this happen, having seen his local farmer's market happen one Saturday morning. So tune in next week for that, for the conversation with Andrew. Of course, as always, we love hearing from you. So please do get in touch with us with any of your trade show troubles, any worries you're having, not just about exhibitions, about anything in general. We're quite happy to have a brew and a chat with you at any time. Hop over to the website, which is www.inspiringexhibitors.com. And it is Black Friday week, so I'm sure there will be a deal on there on the Exhibitionist Book and Project Manager Journal. So what perfect time as things quieten down a little bit heading into Christmas for you to uh, grab a beer and a copy of the book and start planning your strategy for 2021. You can also subscribe to the newsletter over on the website and check out our socials. So that's it for us for this week. Hope you are all doing well. If you need anything, please do get in touch and happy exhibitioning. Pop over now to inspiringexhibitors.com to subscribe to our newsletters, blogs and future podcasts that keep you up to date with the latest news and industry insight. While there you can also find out more about our book The Exhibitionist, Inspiring Trade Show Excellence. Once again, thank you for listening and we hope to see you on a trade show floor soon.